0: Turn to there or click to that. Uh, If you're using the Bible in the pew, it's on page 1015. So you can skip over to that. You don't have to read all those pages leading up to it. And before we jump into things, I'm going to pray and just ask that God would speak to our hearts through his word this morning. So let's pray together. God, we are grateful for the amazing God that you are. And we acknowledge you are worthy of worship. You are good you are holy, you are gracious, you are merciful, you are just. God, we are so grateful for the God that you are, that you are present with us, you are near, you are not, a far, you are not far and indifferent. God, I pray you would make us aware of your presence this morning. I pray that you would speak to our hearts. You know exactly everything that we, we've been going through this week, the things that are on our mind, good or bad, uh, things we're celebrating or things we're stressed about, I pray, God, you would speak to those. But at the same time, you would speak through them, God, that you would cut through all the distractions and just draw our hearts to you in the ways that we need to this morning. I'm just so grateful for this community. I'm so grateful for this family of faith. I'm grateful for what you're doing in this place. And I pray that you would just encourage us that in that as well this morning. We just pray this all in your name. Amen. Who am I? So this is a series that we started last week, asking this question. Um, new, New series about the idea of what it means to have your identity in Jesus. How do we answer this basic question based on the life which God gives us? And last week we started with the foundational truth, is that if I'm following Jesus, who am I? I am a child of God. Romans eight fourteen. for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And so we talked last week about the fact that God loves you immensely. He wants a relationship with you, that God loves you constantly, that he wants you to always be aware of his caring presence, that God loves you endlessly, that he gives you an amazing future which impacts your now. If you weren't with us for that, uh, just to let you know, if you're on the QR code or if you just go into your app store, New Life has uh, an app and all of the previous messages are on there. And so if you want to listen to that like throughout your week or anything, just be encouraged in that way. Just know that that resource is available for you. Um, so last week, I am a child of God. We want to build on that this week with the second thing. How do we answer the question, who am I? I am God's ambassador. I am. I'm an ambassador. Now, the Oxford Dictionary defines the idea of ambassador as a person formally commissioned to convey a message or an appointed or official messenger, a person who speaks or acts on another's behalf, a person's representative. Now, we know this, this is basic, but I think the clarification is really, really important. An ambassador is not just a door-to-door salesman trying to complete a transaction, coming in, interacting with somebody, making an exchange, and then leaving. No, an ambassador goes someplace to represent, to represent a different culture, a different way of life. They come, they come someplace to represent. Someone from one culture goes to another as an official representative. We obviously have ambassadors in other countries, and other countries have ambassadors in ours. The text in 1 Peter chapter 2 that we want to look at today speaks to this special role that we have in Jesus. And so let's look at 1 Peter 2, specifically 9 and 10. It says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Now this is a dense, powerful, further description as far as what it means to be a child of God. If you're a child of God, this is true about you. You are a chosen race. That means that regardless of your heritage, we are now God's treasured people. We are his treasured people. It says that we are a royal priesthood. Priests were those who facilitated worship. And so people adopted into the family of Jesus become facilitators of worship, bringing bringing the experience of his presence into the world. You are a holy nation, a set-apart people, meant to represent God's character in the world people for his own possession you are wanted by god these terms expand on the identity that we have when we begin following jesus god treasures us god includes us god empowers us god commissions us god wants us you are a treasured included empowered commissioned wanted person If you are a child of God. And do you hear the significance of these titles? Why we are given them? Not just that we have them, but there's purpose to them. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. If we are the children of God, God's kids are supposed to be the ones to let others know how amazing he is. The children of God are supposed to be the ones to let the world know how amazing God is. We are to be proclaiming him. We are to be proclaiming how excellent he is, proclaiming how amazing he is, proclaiming how he has changed our lives. That is who we are, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. Well, how do we do that? Well, Peter tells the church, Be mindful of how you live around other people. Be mindful of your conduct and how you live. Why? Because we are guests of this land. We are visitors of this earth. This is no longer our home. He says that we are sojourners and exiles. Sojourners are people who are just people who are here on a temporary stay. Exiles are strangers, not from around here. Seven years ago, I made, actually seven years ago this weekend, I made my first trip to Israel. And as an American there, or really any other country, not only are there language differences, but there are huge cultural differences. Um, as far as how we do things, what's important, what's central to us, um, things that we would really embrace and things that we wouldn't want anything to do with. It's different in different cultures. And that's the fascinating thing about making friends from different countries and some of the friends, really good friends I have in Israel now, when we talk on what is important or core to who we are from our places of origin where we live, There are huge differences because we are talking from different perspectives. We are talking from different identities. We're talking from different homes. And so, what Peter tells us reminds the children of God your central identity that defines the core of who you are is not where you're from anymore. Now it's you are a child of God and you are part of his kingdom. It's not your city. It's not your state. It's not your country anymore. It's the kingdom of God. It's it's not um, how you would identify yourself in any other way. It's the values of the kingdom of God. Our citizenship, we base our identity, characters, values, and worldview on is from a different place than Chicago, Illinois. It's from anywhere in this country or anywhere else we can move. We may live here physically, but we are citizens of another land. And again, this isn't just a reminder to them. This is an appeal to them. This is an urging. You really need to be mindful of who you are because you're not a tourist here. You're an ambassador here. You're not just here to see the sights and enjoy things. You're here as an ambassador of your father. And so how you live matters. Watch your conduct among the nations because there's more going on than just you. You are an ambassador of God. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles, among the nations, honorable. How we live... Is what proclaims Jesus. How we live is what proclaims the kingdom of God. How we live lets others know of his excellencies because we are his ambassadors. And so, what does it mean to be an ambassador for Jesus? Well, first thing, ambassadors strive to be like God alone. Ambassadors strive to be like God alone. Now, we already Heard Peter say, keep your conduct honorable. But earlier in the letter, he says this. In chapter 1, verses 14 through 16, he says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Now there's, there's two points of reference here. In this passage, there's passions of your former ignorance and holiness. Passions of your former ignorance, before you knew the reality of Jesus and his grace, your point of reference was your safety, your thriving, your pleasure, a group, a party, someone else, or even yourself. That was our passions, that was our point of reference. You didn't know those things can't do anything for your soul's longing. You didn't know that they can't in the long term live up to the promises that they make in the now. But to follow Jesus is to know the truth about how these things are lacking and that we can't orient our lives to them. We cannot make these things our single point of reference. What we strive for in life is to be holy As God is holy, because God has brought us into a relationship with Him. He expects us to reflect His nature. This phrase, be holy as I am holy, is one of the core central principles for the people of God in all of the Bible. Be holy as He is holy. We cannot minimize that and we cannot outright reject it. Holiness is is rooted in the character and actions of God. He took the initiative to, as scholar Gerald Hawthorne says, make the unholy holy, to make the alien a friend, to reconcile sinners to himself. The holy God is good, loving, perfectly good, perfectly loving, perfectly just, transcendent above and different from all. And though we won't be perfect like him, we must strive to be like him in how we live. Peter's telling them this, but this isn't just something new to Peter's letter. This, this was said, rooted and said way back in the Old Testament. In Leviticus 19, God said to, the people, to Moses to tell the people of Israel, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I am the Lord your God, am holy. Peter's just repeating what God has been calling his people to all along. God has always been telling his people, be holy as I am holy. Be like me. In fact, just before this section in Leviticus, he puts it even plainer for them. He says, The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt where you lived, And you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan, to which I'm bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. You shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. Don't be like the people, your previous people. And don't be like your new people. Be like me. What, think about if you were younger and you ever read these books. Who read Choose Your Own Adventure books? Anybody ever read those? If you haven't, you're not too old to get them. So go do a used bookstore and get one. But the whole idea of these stories was awesome is you would read a couple pages and then there would be two options. Do you want this to happen? Turn to this page. Do you want this to happen? Turn to this page. And you would go through and you would just basically craft this story. What we see here in Peter and what we, in Peter's letter and what we see in Leviticus is the idea that you are going to be living your life and in every moment you're going to have two options before you. Go with the passions of your former self or be holy as he is holy. Turn, Keep going this route or go in the route God has put you on. And to be a child of God, to be an ambassador of God, is to always choose holiness. Is to always turn to the page that helps you be holy, that guides you in holiness, that helps you be holy as God is holy. We do not live in our former passions. We live holy as he is holy. And you know what? That really is going to strike home to us. This is where the countercultural reality of our faith sets in. Because the values by which we make decisions in our culture is different. It's, what do you want? What's in here? You can't tell someone what to do, which is always just such an interesting, hypocritical statement because you are in turn telling somebody what to do and saying you can't tell somebody what to do. But I digress. But we become central, and that's not how a child of God works. What does it mean to be holy as God is holy? Knowing that that's best, knowing that that's better than anything we could come up with. What does it mean to be holy in everything that I'm doing? And so that's something we really need to process and think about as we go about our lives, as we make decisions, as we think about who we are, as we think about the reality of why we do the things that we do. Are we striving in holiness? And really it's also, again, this is where kind of when we start peeling back the layers, are there moments, I'm not saying it's exclusive, but are there moments when we start discrediting the reality of who God is and his word? Because we'd rather say there's something wrong with this than to be obedient to holiness that it drives us toward. Does that make sense? What does it mean for you to live a holy life? What is it, the, you go to work this week, you're in class this week, you're riding the train this week, you're joking around with your friends this week. What does it look like to be holy? Now, we need to really clarify, it doesn't mean a boring life. It doesn't mean a lame life. In fact, Jesus says, I've come to bring you life and life abundant Christians should be the ones who are showing the world what the fullness of life looks like. But that is not in opposition to holiness. And so what does it look like to show the character of God in all that I do with every choice that I have? Ambassadors strive to be like God alone. And that actually leads to the second thing ambassadors don't compartmentalize their faith ambassadors don't compartmentalize their faith it's really interesting when we look at what happens in the old testament section of leviticus chapter 19 where we see be holy as he is holy and in the new testament in first peter when he's telling them to watch their conduct amongst the nations in the old testament in leviticus 19 Moses, God tells the people through Moses to be holy as he is holy. And then right after that, the rest of chapter 19, he immediately starts talking about how they handle their harvest, how they treat the poor. To not lie, to not use profane talk, to not oppress their neighbors, to be kind to the deaf and blind, to not do injustices in court, to not slander people, to be faithful in relationships, to take care of the land, to take care of the elderly, to take care of the immigrants, and to have integrity. In the New Testament, right after Peter says to watch your conduct among the nations, he goes into a conversation then about how they interact with politics, with their work, and with their home. What is the point of this? Is that holiness, to be holy as God is holy, these are not concepts that we merely talk about or theologize about. They impact every aspect of our lives. We cannot compartmentalize God separate from everything else. I've used this image in the past, and so if you're seeing this again, let it be a good reminder. A lot of times, when people talk about God, talk about faith, talk about their relationship with the Lord, they'll say, well, God is part of my life. And I think sometimes the mentality of this is like this pie chart where we have all the different parts of our life. So our hobbies, our jobs, our work, school, family, whatever that thing might be. But the problem with this perspective here is the view that God is a part of life amongst all the other parts. And that is not what God calls us to god does not want to be part of your life god wants to saturate your life god wants to be in on all of it god is part of it and so we cannot think about this idea that this is a separate piece god doesn't want to be part he wants to be in everything If all we want to do is talk about the glory of God in church, but not what it means to give God glory outside of church, we have a big problem. If we want to do is to hear at church, only hear theology and doctrine and worship, but not how these things impacts how we view relationships or finances or sexuality or politics or any other topic, We are compartmentalizing our faith. We cannot see things as one hour on Sunday separated from the rest of our weeks. I had a, Jeanette and I were at a wedding last year um, for a friend and I knew a lot of the people there but not everyone and at the table we were at there was a bunch of couples I didn't really know and found out that they went to church. They were believers for a long time, and we were just kind of talking about life in our different communities and totally bragging on all of you. And uh, they were bringing something up about just somebody that they knew that a lot of people had left the church and different things because they didn't like what the pastor had said about stuff that had been happening over the last year. It's like, (laughs) totally understand that. Um, And uh, one of the people at the church said, well, they shouldn't be talking about that stuff. That's not their job. Just stick to talking about Jesus on Sundays. And it took every You know, I don't know this person. This isn't my party. I'm going to leave and never see them again. Just That doesn't make any sense. Because the reality is that if we're talking about Jesus, we're living for Jesus. And everything we say about him matters in how we go about our lives. And so we have to talk about those things. We have to say, you know what, the world is doing this, the world is thinking this, but holiness says this. And that's going to push on ideological differences and political differences and everything else. We need to go to those places. And to not go to those places is to compartmentalize our faith. And the danger in this is, why am I bringing this up? Because we're ambassadors, because how we live our lives outside of here talks to people about Jesus. Russell Moore recently, uh, this last year, he's an author and a theologian. He said, uh, in this last year, he said, We now see young evangelicals walking away from evangelicalism, not because they do not believe what the church teaches, but because they believe that the church itself does not believe what the church teaches. That should be damning to us. That should concern us more than anything. That we would talk about stuff on Sunday and not live it out the rest of the week, there's a problem. Or to say that holiness matters and being honest manners and having integrity manners and all of these different things, and then championing things and, and holding on to things during the week that doesn't line those things up, we are being horrible ambassadors for Christ when we do that. And so, ambassadors cannot compartmentalize our faith. Our faith is more than just one hour on Sunday. It incorporates to everything. To say we just want to talk about Jesus is to say, fine, well, what does it have to do with politics? What does it have to do with relationships? What does it have to do with sexuality? What does it have to do with race? What does it have to do with finances? What does it have to do with how I spend my time? To talk about Jesus is to talk about how I live for Jesus and to separate those things is unfaithfulness to Jesus. I mean, James says you can not, don't be just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And so if all we want to do is talk about him, but not do anything, we're basically going against what James tells us to do. We are not to live by political labels like Republican or Democrat. We are not to live based on ideological labels like conservative or liberal. We are to live as kingdom people who are trying to be holy. And kingdom people, who are trying to be holy, will have tension with every cultural label. But our label, we cannot compartmentalize anything. And who are we? We are children of God, representing him. And so in that, we cannot compartmentalize our faith. Ambassadors strive to be like God alone. Ambassadors don't compartmentalize their faith And ambassadors are entrusted by God with a mission. Ambassadors are entrusted by God with a mission. Now, we've mainly camped out in 1 Peter about this, but he wasn't the only one who talked about it. Paul talks about this specifically in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5. He says this All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. It says it right there. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. A child of God didn't, what does this passage tell us? A child of God didn't become one by anything that they did. It's all based on what Jesus did. We are reconciled back to God through Jesus' death on the cross, his victory over sin and death. Not because we were good enough, not because we were better than anyone else, not because we completed a religious checklist. Our failures aren't held against us because they were held against him. And he went to the cross on our behalf and because of his grace and mercy, we can be brought back home to God. And what specifically does he say regarding that? God entrusts us with the role of letting people know that that's possible. What we've experienced from God creator of the universe, made all of it, clearly doesn't need any of our help, but wants us to help, wants us to be part of what he's doing, and says, you know what? My plan A for letting people know what I'm like and the life I have for them, my plan A is you. It's your job to let people know that they can come home to me that they can find light out of the darkness. We are his ambassadors. He makes his appeal to people through us. So don't miss the truth of your faith. If you say you're a child of God, every person you interact with, every person you see, whether you meet them or not, deserves to hear and experience the good news about Jesus. There is not a person alive, has lived or will live, who does not, is not loved by God and who God, doesn't, who God wants a relationship with them. We have to make sure how we live clarifies that, confirms that, tells people that, Rather than how we live, saying something differently. I, gentleman that I know, pastor, actually somewhat local, on his Twitter account, pretty much every post that he makes, and he makes quite a few, are simply retweets of articles from news organizations that he doesn't like or doesn't listen to, where he'll talk about basically... So-and-so said this, and all it's the retweet of the article, and then he just says, idiot. Another retweet of an article, moron. And all his Twitter feed is, is just insulting people who didn't vote like him. He's a pastor! And this is what his communication, anybody could go and see him, see what it says he is in his profile, and sees how he talks about people who don't agree with him on earthly things. Do we see the problem in that? So I I wore my cool t-shirt today. I know you can't see it where you're at. Here's what it looks like. If you hate anyone because of your faith, you're doing it wrong. If you look at somebody that they're an idiot or a moron, or whatever that is, because they don't agree with you about earthly things, your faith is whack. Your perspective is messed up. You're not thinking straight. You're not thinking like an ambassador child of God. You're thinking like a worldly person who has been hijacked by political and ideologically parties who have hooked you in based on some felt need and not based on holiness. God forgive the church for what we have been doing over the last few years because this is what happens. We have been given the job of telling people how amazing Jesus is. And if they, you, you can walk away from them and say, you know what, here's why you're wrong on this earthly stuff. Here's why you're wrong on thinking this thing. Walk away from them and then know, not be one step closer to Jesus because you only focused on secondary things and not showing them the main thing. Our job, we have been entrusted with a mission. And there is not one person that you have met that God doesn't want you to tell or show about his love, about his grace and mercy, about the opportunity that they have to come into a relationship with him. And so, think about the people that work in your office. Think about the your neighbors. Think about the people that are at the grocery store that you always go to. When they see you, when they see me, this is convicting when I say it, are they seeing Jesus in action? Or are they seeing something else? When they see us, and this isn't, to shame us, this isn't to give us extra stuff or to flirt with our perfectionism or anything. This is, this is what obedient children of God have to think through and put into their lives. How do we get our priorities in order and our identity central and our hearts in the right place where we care more about people experiencing the truth of Jesus and we start thinking through the details of our life through the heart of jesus rather than only being concerned with earthly things we have been given a mission god doesn't need you but he wants you to be a part of this and we cannot fail at this the church is big the church is huge we can't control what everybody is going to do we can't control what everybody's going to say but as this community we can say we're going to make sure people see Jesus through us. We're going to make sure people experience the love of God and the heart of God through us. And that might mean having to make some tweaks in our own life. It might mean to confess some things. It might be to apologize about some things. It might mean to reorient some things. But we need to get our lives in sync with the holiness of God and reflect the holiness of God back to the world. Because it's not optional. This is who you are if you are a child of God. This is who I am as a child of God. We are his ambassadors. Ambassadors who are supposed to strive to be like him. Ambassadors who should not compartmentalize their faith. And ambassadors entrusted with a mission. We're going to conclude today's message with communion. And so if you did not um, get one of these tasty little cups, if you could raise your hand and Teresa will bring one by. Um, While she's doing that, if this is your first time doing communion with us, uh, while uh, those at home, if you want to go grab something while we're doing this, uh, to be able to do communion with us at home. If this is your first time using one of these, there's two little flaps on the top. One is clear, one is silver. Uh, Pull the clear one off first to take the cracker out and then hold off doing the silver one. We'll get to the juice in just a moment. We always take a moment before we do communion to process to take in what we've heard from the Word of God, to feed on the Word of God that we've uh, received. And so as we go to communion, which is a moment of remembering and acknowledging Jesus' death on the cross, what he's done in our place, I want to read Second Corinthians again. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. so maybe communion today needs to remind you of the relationship that you have with him, that it's because of Jesus you have a relationship with the Lord. Maybe communion today needs to be a reminder to you that as you have received from God, you need to share with others. If, you've never, if you don't have a relationship with God, communion is irrelevant, you don't have anything to remember yet. You need to take this moment and ask yourself, where are you before the Lord? you need to become a child of God right now. To so in the quietness of this moment and just in your heart to pray to him and say, God, I acknowledge who you are and all you've done. I acknowledge that it's because of your death on the cross that I am reconciled back to God. Not because of me, not because of anything I've done, not because of my parents or anything, but I am trusting you for life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Whatever that is in your own words, if you've never put your faith in Jesus, you need to do that right now. And so let's just have a minute or two just of prayer, quiet before the Lord, and then we'll receive communion together. together. God, we thank you for your broken body. We thank you for your shed blood. We thank you for the sacrifice that you made on our behalf. The immense love that you have for us and that you've shown us. We're grateful for grace. We're grateful for mercy. We're grateful for forgiveness. We're grateful for the new life which you have given us. We thank you, God, that we can say that we are your children. God, forgive us for the times when we get distracted, when we put our hope in other things, when we don't trust you, but we trust earthly things. God, I pray that you would burden our hearts with sharing your mercies with others, sharing about reconciliation with others, to talk about how amazing you have been, to how amazing you are, all that we have seen you do. God, I pray that this is a reminder of who we are and how we should live we are grateful for this life which you have given us. We just pray this and remember this all in your name. Let's receive communion together. We're grateful for your broken body and for your shed blood, the empty tomb, the life we have in you. In your name we pray, amen think about being God's ambassadors this mission that he has called us to with the ministry of reconciliation we're going to close with this last song so let's worship together